there. You are once again listening to the Kicking and Screaming podcast, where we bring the double feature home to you. I am one of your hosts, Vanessa Gritton. With me is your co-host, as always. I'm Elijah Taylor. I do karate. (laughs) You do? No. I was hoping no one would have any follow-up questions. I don't do karate. You called my bluff immediately. I think that's like one of the martial arts that you haven't learned. That's Uh, true. That's true. But you know who does do karate, and she does comedy, and she has an incredible podcast called 12 Questions. Uh, You've also seen her on Roast Battle, and in general, she's one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, Joining us today is comedian Anna Valenzuela. Hey, everybody! It's Anna Valenzuela! I'm happy to be here, and I do do karate. I've been doing karate over Zoom with a dojo in Brazil, which has been fascinating, like four days a week. It's been Oh my god. What are are the odds, by the way? I I did not know this about you, and of all the bluffs to choose, I had to to blurt out, I do karate (laughs) on the first recording where we have someone who actually does karate. Yeah, (laughs) I was really excited. (laughs) I was like, oh, which style? Let's talk. We can nerd out. Well, I was about to ask you. What what discipline? What style? I do something called Weichi Ryu, which uh, is a... um, Okinawan, very traditional Okinawan style. Um, it's in the same family as like Shoheru, Gojuru, Ishinru. Okay. It's in the same province of Okinawa. And um, it, uh, probably the best example of this is very funny. I, Idris Elba for the BBC like did a six part series where he traveled around the world and learned martial yeah. arts from all over the world. And he does an episode in Okinawa. And there, uh, one of the crazy senseis has him do a um, conditioning drill, like a like an arm pounding drill. And he lays into Idris Elba so bad. And it's so funny because I know that pain. And it turned <laughs> into just like an inch, like just like an inch high bump immediately on his arm. And I was like, that's right. We have a martial art that can hurt the se- one of the sexiest men on the planet. So like it's, <laughs> it's, great. it's a dope, it's a dope thing to train in. Um, but most of all, it just makes you feel good. I wasn't able to train in it for a while cause I hurt my back, but through the powers of yoga and bar and, Pilates, I got the core strength to start training again and not uh, trash my stupid bones. So nice. I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for you. I feel like a lot of the people I know in my life that like fought or have fought yeah. have been trying to figure out that like quarantine rhythm of how do I get back into training again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the trick is, is if you do it over Skype um, or Zoom, see Zoom will mirror, but Skype mm-hmm. will not. So the trick is, is you do the opposite of what is happening on screen. But I'm even learning our weapons form, which is called Kobodo. And um, so that's really exciting. And it's a it's a fun martial art because it derives itself from Kung Fu, uh, which we will be talking about today. Nice. Uh, Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited. I'm real pumped. And why don't you tell us the movie that you picked, the movie that you challenged us and you went in the martial arts route, which is even more exciting. I did. I did, which is so funny because, you know, there were a few movies on the list. It was very funny. I was a little disappointed you guys passed on on Bach because I could talk about Tony Jaa for hours. Like, I fucking love Tony Jaa. But um, it is the movie I chose, My the feature I chose is, or the feature I am presenting. That's right, correct? That's how you want ah, me to say it? Yeah. The feature I am presenting today is...
Police Story. Star- starring Jackie Chan. Yay. Also, uh, for at some point, or even now, if you ever just need someone to talk about Tony Jaw with, uh, Elijah lit up so much our room became brighter. It's oh! true. No, because, yeah, you, you sent over a couple of titles uh, for us to kind of narrow down, and it was basically, it, it, we narrowed it down to a few, but I was pulling for Ong Bak pretty hard, and it was kind of like between Police Story and Ong Bak, but I I realized because Vanessa is such a huge Jackie Chan fan, and we haven't had an episode yet where she's like, cut into the martial arts stuff as much where like it's a film that she's already familiar with and something she already loves and uh i actually uh trained muay thai and uh i oh, fought nice. competitively in thailand for a few years like that was like my job for a while so ong bak being like a, a muay thai film i was like oh, i'm gonna hijack that conversation <laughs> i'm like yes. that's just gonna be it's gonna be an hour of me being like muay thai is tight <laughs> It is. I used to cross train with Muay Thai guys. um, And in fact, the people from Chuck Liddell's gym used to come up and take classes with us because, you know, when you're the sensei, you want to you want to be able to like be a student every once in a while. Like I just went I just went shooting because I don't I know how to shoot, but I'm not an expert at it. So it's nice to like be a student of something. And um, and I love training with Muay Thai guys. In fact, um, for a while, when I was on the the like the competitive circuit, what I would do is I would cross train with Muay Thai fighters like once twice a week, and what that did when I took the gloves off and was using those little itty bitty karate gloves is yeah, it made yeah. me fast and it taught me how to karate and kung fu to an extent not as much because kung fu is naturally circular, but karate tends to be this very linear rock'em sock'em robot style, and right, what right. I learned from uh, Muay Thai was how to cut a corner, and once I did that. It, it made my size disadvantage, because I mostly train with men, it made my size disadvantage completely go away because I could just zip in real fast and come in with a, you know, a nice, um, like, yeah, uppercut. Yeah, kind of finding, finding those yeah. angles and kind of going off that, like, center line and, like... Yes, yeah, and it created, it opened up a different world for how I could fight. So I, I definitely have a lot of appreciation for all martial arts. I've never tried yeah. Krav Maga or anything like that, but, like... I I've, the circular the close combat circular motions feel uh feel familiar so I'm sure I've, someday I've done, I'll go. I've done Krav. Uh, I I like Krav. I don't think that it has a lot to offer beyond like the first couple months. Uh, because because it's designed as a system of like self defense and it's very you know it's it's I I think the reason it's taught to like police and military is because it's a very like crash course system of like immediate aggression and then figuring out what the next thing you want to do is it's not really designed to like post up and fight five rounds the way you know like Muay Thai or karate is it's not like assuming that you're going to be in like a protracted fist fight so it kind of like it teaches you this like immediate aggressive response and there's not a lot of it, it, it after that it gets more into like okay if you're like tied to a chair and there's a guy behind you with a gun. And I'm like, I, I don't think I'll ever use this. That's crazy. <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's really valuable in the in that, like, crash course kind of basics. And I think the mentality that it, like, kind of drills into you is pretty useful. It teaches a very, like, aggressive uh, kind of mentality that uh, was actually helpful for me, I think, when I was fighting, like, kind of moving forward and not getting, like, rattled in a fight, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think that it's, uh, you know, you're not going to, like, use it in the UFC or anything. 
Yeah, well, and I think probably you and I watch uh, fighting both in martial arts movies, in, um, you know, boxing, Muay Thai. I remember back in the day, um, they used to, back in L.A., when we had cable a thousand years ago, we would watch the Thai stations because on Friday, they'd play Muay Thai fights from Thailand. It was fucking dope. And, like, what I'm watching for when I'm watching anything, especially, like, in this movie, I'm looking at footwork a lot of the time because yeah. I think the most beautiful thing about fighting is is where your feet and the base of your body is that's how you can tell a successful strike and so I really you know, um I really just get all excited for footwork that's just my that's just my yeah, jam I'm like where are your hips so important. where's the where's the line of your heel in relation to the rotation of your hip and how you snap that punch bitch let me see those <laughs> clean mechanics so like uh but yes okay police story I'm going to go yes. out on a limb. Here's yes. what I'm going to tell you. I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. And I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you that they could have edited out 40% of that movie. <laughs> and it would have been exponentially better. But you can tell that, like, it's one of those movies I believe that Jackie Chan did most of the fight choreography for. Yeah, and yeah. and I hope not any of the writing in between. Because the writing in, the, in between is a real bummer. But, um, but the movie itself, the fight scenes, the first opening fight scene is so crazy. It's so it's crazy. They just leveled an entire city with several cars for it. They do some real LAPD shit. They're just like, fuck this town, goodbye. Felt like an episode of The Boys. Honestly, that's how you open a a movie. That's how you set the bar. You're like, all right, this town, this establishing shot that you see, it's leveled in the first 20 minutes and we're moving on to a new area. (laughs) Like, we've destroyed the entire scenery. (laughs) The like I was doing the math in my brain, sort of like when you watch Marvel movies and you or a DC movie and you see like a superhero go through a building full of people and you're like, oh, everyone's dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was like, everyone in that village is dead. The village and they're is dead. They're like, oh yeah, we have to we have to protect the civilians and we have to evacuate everyone. There were like twenty cops in there. They did not evacuate everyone. No. A lot of people were like sleeping in their homes and then a car just fucking destroyed their house. It was it was such a it's so amazing in that movie the moments where they show and not tell but then they tell and don't show it was so funny because that scene captures it because they were like evacuate the civilians and then you just see like cops picking up children and tossing them out of the way like real casual it was so weird I th- there's literally a scene where they like kind of toss a kid just enough to get out of a car but like not that much and I feel like it's kind of indicative of like the signature of a Jackie Chan movie, which is like, hell yeah, the choreo's fun. I remember almost no plot. And I've seen Police Story a million times. I literally just watched it for this podcast. I've seen it a million times. I've seen Rumble in the Bronx a million times. I've yeah. seen uh like both Drunken Master movies a million times. Cannot fucking tell you what the plot is. Uh because it's almost purely superfluous you're pretty much just there for like the jackie choreography and then some stuff happens in the middle (laughs) and the comedy like the thing about jackie chan for Mm -hmm. especially for a comedian is if you want to like really study act outs and really study like physical comedy jackie chan because he was so inspired by charlie chaplin he was such a you know he's a peaking peaking opera school kid he really sought i remember seeing this documentary and sammo hung in him were like 
And I that's the other one I kick myself for not shooting over just a straight Sammo vehicle because I love uh, Sammo. Like oh, this podcast loves Sammo. Yeah, Magnificent Butcher is like one of my favorite films of all yes! time. Yes, just fastest fat man in China. Uh, so but good. yeah, he he said in this documentary that um, he when they were rooming together um, in and trying to break into movies, he would come into the bathroom and see Jackie just doing doing small circle hand techniques into the mirror and making crazy faces while he did it comedically <laughs> and and practicing that that art form that sort of the the bit of him that is a pure clown and yeah. um you get that in that first scene you also get can we talk about how this movie much like bridget jones's diary um would be canceled <laughs> Immediately, uh, if it were if it were released today, it opens on slapping a woman, um, and I do like the introduction of like who the bad guys are and the mm-hmm. way that they did that. Like, there's some really interesting things, and then it goes into that bus scene where he's just trying to like, so they crash. So so it's a firefight that goes bad, yep. and then they crash into. An entire town for reasons. Perfectly good, perfectly good road. The cops could have used because they were the ones brought blocking the road. But no, the criminals go through the city, and so of course Jackie Chan's got to get in like a eighties Chinese version of a Honda Civic and just I was, fly I was down say, a mountain. The the opening of that film is such a good advertisement for the cars being used. I was like, yo, I want to figure out what that car is because that thing can... They're durable. Yeah, it can drive down the side of a mountain while crashing through countless homes and then just keep going. And my my favorite thing about a Jackie Chan movie and a Tony Jaa movie is if you watch the credits, the credits are all just like outtakes from the stunts, right? And so, or at least I remember, especially because we had a DVD copy of Umbach, I remember watching those as well. And like... It, the the favorite thing in the end from the shooting of that scene is they're putting out the village right and mm-hmm. there's a guy smoking with what with he has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he's putting out the fire from the practical effects <laughs> and I'm like that's the most Chinese action movie shit I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I fucking so one of the reasons I like particularly really loved watching Jackie Chan movies growing up is because like for someone that didn't understand a lot of martial arts stuff like I did the slapstick and a lot of the comedy and the timing is what sold me but now as an adult whenever I watch those after credits and seeing the stunts that went right or the ones that didn't quite go the way that they intended to makes me appreciate the stuff that looks effortless like I now know as an adult how terrifying that stunt is where he hangs off the bus with the umbrella that as a child I was like (laughs) Well, he makes it look easy. <laughs> he really does. He really I, does. I've had a weird, like, sort of reverse arc with that that uh, is is super shameful. As, like, an adult uh, fan of martial arts films and someone who has done, like, some amateur stunt work and has, like, th- the utmost respect mm-hmm. for stuntmen and, like, action choreography and just the work that goes into that, uh, maybe my greatest shame is that for years as a kid, I was not a Jackie Chan fan for the stupidest uh, specific reason, which was that, like, I had an uncle who was a huge fan, and, like, my entire family, we watched, like, Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movies and just, like, Van Damme stuff, and, like, you know, I grew up on, like, martial arts and horror, but, like, I had an uncle who specifically was a huge Jackie fan, and he would always, like, rave, like, he does all his own stunts. He does all his own stunts. No Mm -hmm. one else in movies is doing this. No one in Hollywood is doing this. And as a kid, I didn't really understand 
what that meant. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know how movies are made. I don't really know what a stunt is. I thought it just meant that, like, everything he's doing, he's just doing, like, with no wires, no pads, no safety material. Like, if he, if he jumps off a building, he's just jumping off a building, whatever. And I didn't understand that, like, doing your own stunts, you still, like, wear pads, and yeah. it's not real glass that you're crashing through, you know? And it's not, like, yeah. you're not actually, like, just doing these things the way that a person would in real life. And so as a kid, when I heard do your own stunts, that's what I interpreted it to mean, and then I saw this little, like, behind-the-scenes documentary of how his stunt crew does stuff, and it shows them, like, padding up and putting on a harness and wires for, like, certain stunts, and then, like, it shows, like, the special glass that they use that's breakaway. And for whatever reason, young Elijah was so disillusioned, and I was like, he's not crashing through a real window? It's a fake window? He's a liar. I thought he did all his own stunts, and I didn't, like, I didn't understand that. So I had this weird, like, adverse reaction where I was like, whatever. That dude's a liar. He's a con man. He doesn't really jump through a window. It's That's a fake window. Bananas. Yeah. I mean, the and speaking of the glass, I think, you know, what's funny is the first fight scene's really good. And then you have another fight scene that ap- happens after an inexplicable joke fight scene where yeah. Jackie's trying to get his friend to prove to our damsel in not so much distress that um, she needs protection. And then they leave, and then you have the parking lot scene, which I think is such a good, it's really great action choreo. Oh, it's and incredible. That, and that fight is so good. It's so good. And the hopping on the cars and the jumping and, the, and all of it, for me, what I look for in fight scenes, it's usually how the bad guy falls. I remember yeah. there's a, um, there's, I think it's in the Bourne Ultimatum, there's a moment where Bourne is fighting in like a hallway in Madrid. And the bad guy does a fall that I know how to do in Aikido. It's called uh, a Kodagayesh. It's the, it's the wrist lock. And basically, it's just a really basic wrist lock with your hand where you, in order to get out of this wrist lock at the angle, you have to actually jump over your own arm. And he jumped over his own arm and lands on his feet, which I can do it onto my back. I can't do it on my feet. And he landed onto his feet, and in the middle of a movie theater, I just went, nice! <laughs> nice! Like, I was like, oh, nice. fuck yeah! Um, so so I always, I like to look at what the other stunt guys are doing as well, because they they are um, taking the fall, and the fall itself is an art to not hurt yourself oh, while you're absolutely. falling. absolutely. And so I I really like that scene and it really kind of changes the timbre of the movie. But there is a moment where she gets the gun and suddenly everyone stops fighting because, guys, a woman has a gun. It's going to go bad, I guess. Oh, no. Every that's apparently more frightening than the Kung Fu masters around her. And also so funny. she like immediately goes hysterical. It's so unfortunate. She pulls out the gun and Jackie's like, cool, nice. Give the gun to me. And she's like, no, everyone get back. I don't trust anyone. And the, <laughs> the immediacy with which she loses her mind in that and scene. Rightfully so. She gets gaslit from the moment she enters the story. She's getting gaslit like the entire time. Right. And yeah. well, the other funny thing about this is Jackie Chan of this movie is a not a good police officer. No. B, not a good boyfriend. He's not a likable character. There's nothing about Jackie Chan in his relationships with women where you're like, yeah, I respect that. Like, he's not, he's sort of, 
he's he's sort of uh pulling a um a eastbound and down you know what i mean he's got <laughs> yeah. real yeah he's got real like like uh, uh, I, well, I can't remember the name of the actor. Somebody's screaming at Danny their... Danny McBride. Danny McBride. He's got real Danny McBride energy through the whole movie. He's, he's and, very much like, I'm very good at what I do, so everyone else can fuck off. Exactly. It's that yeah. line in Eastbound in Town where he's like, I don't I do not do CrossFit because I don't need to be good at exercising. I'm yeah. a pitcher. <laughs> I love that line so much because it's also like how I feel about the CrossFit gyms that are like, you have to hurt yourself to get this good. And it's like, do you? <laughs> no, you really don't. You can you, don't. you can be really good at working out and not ruin your body. Unfortunately, Jackie Chan does not know that because he fucks no. himself up Ooh. in this movie a couple he times. He fucks, fucks himself up, up in this a movie. lot. But you brought up something that I wanted to bring up, specifically Jackie Chan and his on on screen chemistry with women, which have has never been good in a single Jackie Chan movie. No. Like the man can act the hell out of like a comedic scene. Like there's so many Jackie Chan movies where like, I don't even know if I want to like watch his face or his hands because they're both like acting at like the fastest reaction time. But like at best Jackie Chan romantic chemistry is like, friendly and sexless like in rumble in the bronx there's like a lady like gyrating in front of him and he gives her like a thumbs up uh and like that's his version of flirting like i have never seen a jackie chan movie where the romantic chemistry is in any way shape or form believable he is like a human goku in that i don't think he thinks about sex that way like on screen like as a character yeah and he has a gang of kids which is wild but yeah how does that happen his, well, I mean, he's Jackie Chan, wouldn't you? Yeah. Especially young Jackie Chan in this no. movie. You get the shower scene where you're like, okay, young Jackie Chan. Okay, right. with the abs and the booty. Look at you, Asian booty. No one talks about Asian booty, but Asian booty on a man is a thing. Good uh, plump. Just a nice little, just a nice little apple, you know what I mean? So, but I'm, he definitely, like, he reminds me of how Vin Diesel has this like the sexual chemistry of it's like two rocks sitting next to each other, not the yeah. rock, just two garden variety rocks just sitting next to each other. If they were going to, if you smushed them together, like he's just not, not a romantic lead, which is no. fine for me. We don't need any of that because he is again, the world's worst boyfriend and a terrible cop through the whole movie. He's just bad at cop. He's, he's bad at literally everything except fist fighting. <laughs> Yeah, his, his yeah. One redeeming quality is that he kicks real good. Yeah, and so really after the parking lot scene, not a lot happens. There's some good like gags, and the women get him back. He's he's losing to the women in his life over yeah. and over again. Uh, he loses. There's a funny courtroom scene where she had set him up to make it sound like he sexually assaulted her, which was yep. bananas because the reaction is everyone giggled. Everyone's <laughs> everyone like, was oh, like, classic. <laughs> There's like three different sexual assault jokes in this movie that are just like tee that I'm like, my god, that what? hasn't aged. Yeah, it does not age well in the least. And then um you get the you get the uh telephone scene for no apparent reason other than Jackie Chan just wanted to choreograph a complicated wired 
telephone scene. That scene is the the thing that is the most outdated because there is the rape joke in there where yep. some a woman calls. He's getting all these phone calls and he's sliding around. He doesn't want to get up. He's sliding around. He's answering all the phones. He's answering with his feet and he's got 85 different phones. He's tangled up. It's a very 80s joke. He's tangled up in physical phone cords. And then there's a woman who calls and she's like, my, I'm being raped. <laughs> and he's and like, lady, he's like, I'm being beaten. Yeah, and he's like, hold on. He's like, hang on, I'm planning a, a dinner with my girlfriend, hold on. It was so weird. And then he ends up eating erasers, which also makes no sense. It's such a weird tag to that whole scene. You're like, what's the point? <laughs> but I, it was I will fun. say, though, when he is tangled up in phone cords and he needs a pencil and he kicks it off the table and catches it, it's... Yeah. It's so damn cool. It's, it's one of those things do- that you know took like 50 tries, but was so worth it. Like, it's the that, dopest shit. It's the dopest shit. It, like, that entire block is so much like, we don't really need it. It doesn't add anything to the story. It's just like a series of cool little moves. Because even before that, it's the most like, Jackie Chan, he probably insisted on this. Like, somebody was like, do we need it? But he was like, yes, we do. Uh, him doing that weird little choreographed dance to wipe shit off of his shoe. Yes! <laughs> Yes, and Jackie, Jackie directed this. And threatening this, so a he, cow. He was absolutely like, I gotta find a way to show everyone that I can dance. <laughs> and it doesn't so make weird. sense for us to like go to a club in this film, but maybe I can find an excuse to dance. You know who I blame for that is Jean-Claude Van Damme dancing in Bloodsport. All yes! these martial arts guys thought they Classic. had to get the moves going. It's like, motherfucker, you didn't even... It's, it's so... It's such a nonsense scene. It's so crazy. But then you get, finally, you have the kidnapping scene, which is really great. And that's where the Mm -hmm. movie goes from a very slapstick comedy that makes very little sense to the movie The Fugitive for no reason. Right. (laughs) Hard tone change. Like, the second another cop gets shot and he, like, gets framed for it, like, immediate tone shift. It just stops being slapstick. And then he just starts losing his mind. Like, he just, like, becomes more, like aggressive and animalistic with like every like person that he takes down yeah it's it's in uh the again the most believable the most unbelievable part of the movie is that police officers would uh try to arrest another police officer for a wrongdoing (laughs) accountability that's uh, that's the part honestly that's just like all right far-fetched what department has ever Exactly. And then miraculously, they just let him go. They're like, we're going to give you a little time so you can figure it out. And that all leads up to a beautiful climactic fight scene in a mall for yep. reasons. Which is, which is such a great <laughs> setting for a shopping mall, or for I, a fight scene. Like, I love malls for any kind of like fight or slayage or anything. Like I, I think the thing that makes me the saddest about malls disappearing is we don't get scenes like this anymore. You always will get scenes like that in Asian cinema because malls ain't going fucking anywhere in Asia. I was in Southeast Asia. I was, we went to, um, we went to the Platinum Mall in, um, in Bangkok. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so I could buy uh, knockoff tracksuits and, uh, cause I'm classy. And, uh, and so it really did remind me of the Platinum Mall. It was just this like endless ant farm of very tightly packed stuff. But I did find myself, and the fight choreo in it is fantastic, and they beat the tar out of both the women in the movie for no reason. And and then also, there's a moment with a motorcycle 
they're in like a sporting goods store, but you're not sure oh, if it's yeah. like a, t- a tennis shoe shop or a sporting goods store. And for reasons, there's just a Yamaha motorcycle there. And we're watching the movie last night and I yell at the top of my lungs, why is there gas in the motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely true because like I I uh, lived in Bangkok for a while and I would go to like the uh, the Paragon Mall a lot and there's an entire floor of that mall that's very much like oh I don't even have enough money to be on this floor like the fourth yeah. floor of this mall is like every store here won't even let me in but they have one that like legit just has a Ferrari in the middle of like a showroom floor in a shopping mall. And, you know, so, like, I see the motorcycle, and I'm like, yeah, of course, like, you know, Asian malls, they go hard. Occasionally, you're just going to have a motorcycle in the middle of a store. But I didn't even consider, why is why is there gas in it? Why is it just is ready it- to turn on and drive through a mall? <laughs> who made <laughs> that decision? You push that who was, bike, man! Who was building that display, and they're like, yeah, we got to gas this up, right? <laughs> gotta, it's so crazy! we got to have it's, it good to go. It's such a weird detail but it is such a very fun fight scene there's a lot of speaking of glass smashing yeah uh, no no piece of glass is left in that mall no absolutely not <laughs> it's all they, gone they destroy glass as though it's the true antagonist of the film they're like we're gonna break every pane of glass is every reflective surface <gasps> no, also glass. The, the stunts they do with the motorcycle are incredible like when mm-hmm. he tucks himself on those little steps and the motorcycle drives right over him and clears his body by like an inch is terrifying yeah. and then he like runs up the motorcycle to kick the guy off of it it's it's so sick i love it's these motorcycle really stunts it's really good. And then the um, the heading down from that scene as they go down the escalators to get the... How they end up there, which is really unimportant, is um, our damsel in distress has acquired incriminating documents from the mob boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a race to who can get the incriminating documents. The police are closing in. The mob is closing in. The entire mall is just standing there watching this insane fight take place <laughs> like it's Tuesday. You know, they're they like, have oh, once Tuesday. again evacuated no one. <laughs> no one. No one. Everyone's still there. Uh, Jackie Chan's girlfriend gets f- like flung down a flight of stairs for no reason. Yep. It's a senseless, it's a senseless attack. And, <laughs> and then they end up at the, at the bottom end and there's a couple of stunts in there where Jackie Chan falls. Um, he does a really good fall uh, on from one floor to another. He does the jumps onto the escalator. There's mm-hmm. a stuntman. Oh, the jump scene. on the escalator terrifies me. I don't know why. Just watching that, I'm like, no. How do you, how do you have a clean landing on that? Like the stairs are moving. How do you not die? Yeah, and escalators don't feel natural to begin with. Like something about an escalator feels dangerous to me, no matter what. So like, yeah. But the guy who the stuntman that falls in between the two escalators and just slides down. Like a hot dog on the roller of 7-Eleven just goes... The hot dog fall also really gets me. I'm like, how did you not get pinched the entire way down? They must... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just... I love that one because it kind of lingers on that shot of him at the bottom of the escalator after he, like, does that huge fall and slide. And Mm -hmm. you see his face and it's like this, this thug is definitely still conscious, but he just looks so, like, defeated. He's just like, man, I'm at the bottom of the stairs. I'm I just sad, fucking man. slid down. He's like, I'm not even trying to get out of here. I'm done. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm giving up. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait for moments, them to arrest me. In COVID, I fell down a flight of stairs and I was sitting on the stair and I, and everybody's like, Anna, and they're trying to get me up. I said, no. And I just waited 
And it's when you're doing a systems check to make sure all your bones are in place. (laughs) (laughs) That like, okay, my feet work. Cool. My knees move. Good. All right. Okay. Arms move. Back hurts. (laughs) So I feel like every, every stunt in this film had one of those immediately following it where the actor was just lying there. Like, is my body destroyed? Okay. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I need to learn to do the systems check. Uh, because in COVID, I also fell down a flight of stairs, and my immediate response was to get up and sprint and go, I'm fine, I'm okay. Um, I wasn't, and who knows what that probably aggravated in That's the long run. because you've never met a, a set of stairs, Vanessa, that you can't fall down. Uh, you, you are... <laughs> it's my signature. They, they, that is your, that's your, if you were a fighter, that would be your signature move, is then Falling just toppling stairs. down a flight of stairs for no apparent reason. I feel like you personally have seen me fall down at least two. Yeah, yeah. Like, running in front of you, and then just tumbling, and then you're like, you good? And then I pop up, ignoring anything happening in my body, and I keep going. Which, like, Elijah, you've taught me how to fall, and for some reason... That just overrides everything the second I take an actual fall. And I'm just like, well, my ankle could be snapped in half, but I'm just going to keep going and tell everyone I'm fine. Yeah, you got to do that military roll, girl. You got to create a beach ball with your hand and then just roll onto the side with your beach ball. (laughs) Honestly, though, it it sounds Uh, like you've got the makings of a stunt performer. You're like falling downstairs constantly and then popping right back up. Like, I'm good. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready for action. That's that's such a real good punch. (laughs) yeah and speaking of really good punches they had the um and in the end so eventually they get the bad guy and you have the Mm -hmm. showdown and it's a real weird police police ethics scene yeah (laughs) so they get to the bottom and jackie chan did that crazy um uh fireman pole slide yes. where he we, took out all the Christmas lights, which you can tell they to had to do that. that stunt. They do that it in one shot, clearly. And so that, they that's just the one that, like, show it three times in a row. <laughs> I mean, you have to. You have to show it three times in a row because it's incredible. That's the one that, like, almost killed him. I remember that. Like, yeah. Because they, they'd had those lights on it all day, and it's just a metal pole, and he didn't... Mm-hmm have gloves or anything protecting his hands so he's like he like had run through it at some point and was like yeah yeah i can slide down that but they did not account for like you know it's an eight hour shoot there's these hot stage lights cooking on this metal pole all day the thing is like fiery hot it's a it's a fucking skillet and he jumps on and grabs it with his bare hands and immediately is getting like third degree burns on his palms but if he lets go he fucking dies because yeah. he's not in a safety harness and he's just up there doing it so he immediately is burning his hands but he can't let go of it. So he gets these really severe burns on his hands. And then I remember the fall, I don't know if it was like the the padding wasn't enough or if he like let go higher than he was supposed to, but he dislocated his pelvis when he landed. <laughs> Did you be dislocated? Right. Yeah, it's you horrifying. can dislocate anything, mama. <laughs> dislocated pelvis. And you're just like, where does he even go? Like, it's dislocated in what direction? What do you do at that point? It's so horrific of an injury so he landed with his his hands destroyed his pelvis fucked up and like and they just you know they kept going they finished that movie <laughs> like yeah it's 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 a wild detail <laughs> it's so second, wild the second you said his pelvis got dislocated i did a panic kegel like <laughs> my body just thought about that happening to me and it just like reacted well <laughs> 
depending on where it is, if it was the sacrum, um, you can do that from making a baby. Uh, women get sacral injuries from pregnancy alone. So, uh, just saying, um, it's, it's wild. Uh, you're like, it's intense, but it's not that intense. (laughs) Yeah, it's intense. Like, that's crazy. That's, that's absolutely wild. I, and they show at the ending credits, they show that moment where everybody's just like rubbing him. Just like, you're going to be okay, Jackie. You're going to be okay. You gotta breathe, man. You gotta breathe. Restart his heart. Come on. He was just like, oh, fuck. Um, they, they get to the bottom and then they have that insane, like, showdown and there's this moment where he's losing it and he's just beating up the bad guys. He beat up a lawyer. He beats up the bad guys. <laughs> and, and the higher up police officers, total thin blue line. They're just like, hmm, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I'm going to need some help with the reports. <laughs> so stupid (laughs) it's bananas it ends in like that weird that i feel like every jackie chan movie ending has where it's just now he like beats up the bad guy until he's like held back or just keeps beating them up freeze frame that's it yeah that's a wrap that's a wrap jackie chan loses his cool that's how you know the movie's over it's not over until first uh he breaks uh all the important bones like his pelvis dislocating your pelvis could you imagine that's Mm -hmm. that i think that reminds me of like a dog whose hips don't work anymore and it just has to like drag itself on the floor (laughs) like a slug (laughs) so uh but yeah and then you the end of the all jackie chan movies is him for some reason um just losing his cool after being so calm cool and collected for the most part not in this movie this movie's insane (laughs) (laughs) which kind of leads us to the movie that we picked Encounter to Mm -hmm. provide uh, your double feature. Uh, So, Elijah, what movie did we pick for our feature presentation to go with this double feature for our horror selection? The feature we chose for this wonderful pairing of insane police officers is the classic... Maniac Cop! <laughs> Which could also be the title of Police Story. Like yeah, if, he is a Maniac Cop. If you had released Police Story under the title Maniac Cop, no one would bat an eye. Everyone would be like, yeah, no, he's a fucking maniac. He's a lunatic. He's crazy. Uh, he hired a fake knife un- man. <laughs> he hired knife a man. fake knife man with a slasher mask. Why did that dude even own that mask? Also... <laughs> I know that mask is so upsetting. It's so upsetting. And the way that he's wielding the knife is also like very bad Halloween remake kind of a situation. Right. <laughs> Where he's like wiggling it and doing that weird like <laughs> giggle the whole time. <laughs> like how is he like how did Jackie select this fellow officer and friend for this role? Was he like, hey, you know that creepy sex mask you have? <laughs> <laughs> I I need a favor. I think he didn't know about the sex mask, but he was just like, I got the right mask for this job. Yeah. I've been waiting. <laughs> this is surprised. my going out sex mask. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was, it, it, Maniac Cop 
What a, I have not seen any of, I, to be full disclosure, I don't watch a ton of horror movies. Mm. Um, oh, I cool. did watch, um, last night after we watched that movie, we watched, um, a 16 minute short about Christmas trees killing people, which was really fun. That sounds uh, really fun. Yeah, it was really great, actually. Uh, uh, I think it was like Trevenge. That's the name of it. Trevenge. Uh, uh, I love that. And that was really fun. Um, and it's because I have I have the ADD and I also have the anxiety. So I get a lot of intrusive thoughts. And it's not that I don't like horror movies. It's that I have no control over when I'm going to remember them sometimes. Uh-huh. And so I'll be, I'll just be like, you know, you would just be making out with your boyfriend. And I'm like, oh, no, not the scary scenes from Event Horizon. No! <laughs> so, which is another favorite. Hor- That's actually one of my favorite horror movies. I think it's terrifying and I love it. And it's space. And, um... But uh, yeah, Maniac Cop also bad cops. It's a bad, it's a bad cops cop movie. Young Bruce Campbell, hello, hey there, yeah, hi oh, babe. He's <laughs> such a baby in this movie and so hopelessly fine. Like yes. Elijah and I were both just like frothing at the mouth the entire time because it was just like, oh right, this is that point. Like a little bit was it like a little before Army of Darkness where he like still has that kind of like baby face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I, I feel like uh, most recently, you know, I've watched all of, like, Ash versus Evil Dead, and even, like, Burn Notice some years back, so in in my mind, when I think of Bruce Campbell, I think of, like, now Bruce Campbell, and it's one of those things, I mean, same with same with Jackie, when he takes his shirt off in Police Story, you're like, oh, yeah, like, you used to look like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello, old man. Hey. Right. Ooh. Yeah, it, it's, uh, that movie... I think y'all got to describe it because there's definitely there's moments in the movie where like Bruce Campbell, especially in that scene with his wife, they're in two different scenes. That first scene with his wife, she's acting Mm -hmm. somewhere else. And he's he they're just it's such a weird scene. I thought he was going to be the bad guy. I thought he was yeah, the bad it's a guy. fun mislead, yeah. Yeah, and I also thought that the um, his superior officer was the bad guy for a second because they're both roughly the same height and he looks like a big goon. So, like, the zombie cop uh, switcheroo is so wild. <laughs> Which I, I love, and I feel like that's a classic like staple of slasher flicks where you have a masked killer and then you introduce a few characters that like definitely could be the killer. Mm-hmm. So the whole time you're like, Oh, that guy, that guy has the same shoes or he's got the same build. They're like, ah, I think it's the wacky friend. And then like, no, it's an insane zombie man that you've never heard of. It's always the bizarre answer. Occam's razor never exists in a slasher universe. No, it's it so is- good. I love that the first 20 minutes of the movie just open on just innocent people getting murked. Like, yeah. that first scene where I'm like, don't run into the park, you fucking idiot! I'm, like, yelling. I'm like, run where there's civilization, you ass! I, like, I also, I love that scene because as this monstrous cop is just, like, holding her up by her neck, the two guys that were chasing her and mugging her, these two, like, scumbag criminals, they're watching and just shaking their heads like, oh... Oh, oh no! Oh, that lady we almost robbed. That's rough. Oh, no. <laughs> you could have just taken your purse, Ma. You didn't have to do that. No. But yeah, was... their response, their response is not like shock and horror. Like, oh my god, that cop is pulling her fucking head off. They're just like, ooh, I ah, hate New to York. see it. Yeah, hate to see it. Yeah, <laughs> a parallel I saw that I did not realize until we watched Police Story after Maniac Cop 
was uh, not only are they both terrible cops and insane, they are horrible boyfriends. They are horrible boyfriends and horrible lovers. Like, They're both bad. of them are bad partners. It's true. <laughs> bad cops, bad partners. Um, real a real someone, bummer. They both have someone who is inexplicably in love with them, despite all reason and logic. There's a woman who's like, no, I'll stand by him no matter what. And you're like, why? No, I don't... Why? I mean, to be fair, that one gal is a vice cop, so who who knows what the fuck's wrong with her? But yeah. that's true. <laughs> she's just out in the streets all day. I did like that one scene where the John pulls up and he goes, "Are you a cop?" And she's like, "You asked the million dollar question." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, aren't the other hookers gonna be mad that you're there?" <laughs> like, do they not know? Have they not like? Presumably, they're like, hey, she's never here, and she suddenly is. And, yeah. and also, like, you don't have to say that you're a cop. Like, that old, like, kind of myth that, like, oh, if you ask, they have to tell you. Like, no, of course they don't. <laughs> That's no, never been a thing. Being undercover would never work if all you had to do was be like, if you're a cop, you have to tell me. So he asks, and she's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. you're not very good at being undercover. No. <laughs> Worst undercover ever. It's such a, it's, it's a real... It's a real shit show. Uh, I do like our old grizzly cop. The mm. like, not Dennis Freena. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tom Atkins though. Tom Atkins is a national treasure. I love Tom Atkins, but also he is channeling Dennis Freena in this. No, he fully is. He fully is. <laughs> no, my my favorite thing that actor. Uh, he also plays like a hard-boiled detective in he plays like grizzly older cop in Halloween 3 season of the witch yeah. in Night of the Creeps. He was like very typecast as just like the cool older cop. Specifically but, in horror movies too. Yeah, in horror stuff. But in Night of the Creeps, it's my favorite bit ever, which is just that every time he answers a phone, the way he answers it is to go thrill me. <laughs> and every time Tom Atkins is on a screen, all I can think is Thrill me. Thrill me. I, I, I think that's how I'm going to answer phone calls from now on. Thrill me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thrill me. Thrill me. I, I just, it, it, the, it's, it's a wild, I think the first act is the part that makes them, like the first half of the movie makes the most sense to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. The, well, and they, they follow a similar structure, like Police Story and Maniac Cop both do that thing where it's like, oh yeah, it's this kind of film. Police Story is like, kind of like, slapstick you know like wacky some martial arts but yeah it's like a slapstick police story maniac mm. cop is very much like oh this is a slasher flick he's like picking people off one by one they're trying to find the killer and they both hit a point where they inexplicably change gears and maniac cop kind of becomes more of an action movie yeah yeah and police story just becomes unhinged <laughs> it's almost in the way that it's filmed too because like the first half of maniac cop is filmed like a slasher it's someone coming from the shadows it's you know getting those like those like knife stabs around the corner it's like just just seeing just enough it's like that slasher perspective um so it's very much like still shot like a horror and then the second half of maniac cop is when they can't really do that as much anymore because there's a lot more like specific like stunts fights like stuff happening down a hallway or stuff happening with like a car chase where it can't be shot like a slasher anymore so it like in every way shape and form feels different in the second half yeah, yeah. it's true it's a lot brighter there's a lot more stuff happening in yeah. daylight you're and, like, getting all the fun flashbacks to what happened to mm -hmm. our matt what's it matt campbell uh, matt, matt matt like connors or something it was like yeah. something it's a CO. c name 
Yeah. Mick something. Mick Matt Matt something. It's, Matt it's bad Matt, cop. Like, Matt with a C. We'll call him Matt C because it's like similarly to a Jackie Chan movie. Uh, you're not watching Maniac Comp for the story, and you're not watching Police Story for the police story. Uh, it's one of those where it's like, you remember the kills, you remember a lot of, like, the slapstick in between, and then you're yeah. like, alright, what happened when this guy went here? And it's like, Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone is uh, making their own choices. Honestly, Matt, the whatever. thing that I remember, it's, uh, oh, I just looked it up and then immediately forgot. That's how forgettable See? it is. I was, like, waiting to be like, oh, I looked it up, guys. Uh, Matt Cordell. Cordell. Officer Cordell. Cordell. Yes. Officer Cordell is a piece of shit. As yes, an officer. scumbag. He's also, a, I mean, and uh, the cops love him. He's like a yeah. cop hero. <laughs> Which, direct parallel there with Jackie and Maniac Cop. You know, you've got this cop who's very shoot first, ask questions later. He doesn't care about civilians. He doesn't care about his romantic partner is he he just beats the shit out of everyone jumping through windows crashing motorcycles and everyone's like yes this is the face of police this is who we want on all the billboards he's a legend he's a legend we love him and he's also like he's also uh, a bad inmate i love the detail of they oh, yeah. allowed him to they gave him the option of solitary confinement to protect him when he was finally incarcerated and he chose to go into general population and get murder rate stabbed all the time what are you doing you dummy <laughs> because he he didn't want to look like a coward he didn't want to show weakness the yeah. moral of Maniac Cop is that toxic masculinity hurts everyone. The patriarchy hurts <laughs> us all. It really does. It really does. I think in both movies, it's the problem. It's the real villain. It's true. <laughs> and it's it's so... Um, I, I do love that when they storm... When he ends up uh, killing the police in police headquarters, not once, but twice, there yeah. is a surprising lack of cops <laughs> around. Yeah. Like, There's like six people... <laughs> And the first time it's like, okay, it's night shift. It's a skeleton crew, whatever. There's six people working because it's the middle of the night. The second one is like broad daylight. They're at a parade. <laughs> yeah. All the cops are at a parade. And that parade gave me real Dark Knight Returns vibes. I was like, oh, if he attacks him in the parade, I'm going to know where that came from. But they, just mm -hmm. the way that they shot the parade was very similar. And um, the... the uh, female protagonist uh bad bad vice we'll call her bad vice oh bad yeah vice crimped hair crimped hair crimped hair man that hair every hair do in the 80s look like a wig like a bad yep. wig yeah. <laughs> or maybe just it was a bad wig shit. just burnt to a crisp just oh my god off the bones yeah that that hair was thirstier than i don't know half the internet it was bad <laughs> yeah. it was bad um but yeah, so she goes in and she tries to... I'm skipping over a lot of details. Don't let me just like skip the thing. But when she... she there's the bad cop moment where he's like, come on. And you think he's going to like assault her? Like it mm -hmm. sounds yeah, sexual. Yeah. Where he like takes really off the handcuffs. Just, he's like, we got some time. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Like, and then it turns out um, he just wants to get the collar. He's like, confess to me so I can you know, be whatever. I can and, get the promotion. Which, honestly, yeah. like, that's that's the film's portrayal of, like, a sleazy cop who's, like, not following protocol. And you're like, God, I wish that was what happened 
when a cop was sleazy and didn't follow protocol. <laughs> You're like, I wish this was as bad as bad cops were. This was like the peak of bad. Yeah, that he's just like, oh, let me arrest you and get the cop. Confess to me specifically. You're like, oh, that's that's so idealized. <laughs> I know, I know. That's such a, like, Jackie Lacey here in L.A. would be... Uh, bereft you know she'd be like oh i don't even have to cover this up um but yeah it's a very um it's it's a very weird scene but then you've got murder cop killing all of the police officers he blames in and the civilians did we talk about clubfoot lady did we talk about shelly is it shelly no, oh Shelley, yeah. yeah yeah which yeah is is maniac cops uh Side piece. Yeah, Not his... side piece. No, Actually, it's... maybe side piece because his real love is killing civilians. That's true. Yes. He's married to the job. <laughs> he's he's but... married to the craft. Yeah. No, that's that's his, his ride or die. Again, inexplicably. And you have that moment where she confronts him and is like, I thought you were going to kill bad guys. I knew that you wanted to murder people, but I thought you would murder bad guys. And he's just like, bah. Mom, a zombie. <laughs> now, they never really fully describe in the movie... Okay, so you know that he didn't die in the um in the, the prison, prison the prison fight. Right. That he was miraculously his heart was still beating, but he had such severe brain damage. So is he just like is he not a zombie, but more a special needs murder man? Right. See? It's like really poorly explained because when they touch him, they're like, oh, he was ice cold, even through the glove. And I shot him in the head twice and he kept going. You're like, oh, he's undead. He's a Frankenstein. They shot him like eight times in that one scene where it was Tom Atkins and the vice cop in the uh, alley. They both like make several yeah. holes in him and he doesn't have a bulletproof vest on. So it's like there's an element of like undead or mysticism. But it's not ever touched on or addressed. Right. No one talks about it. They're like, like never mind. You keep waiting for the for the coroner when they're like interrogating him and you find out like, oh, he wasn't killed in prison. He lived and they faked his death. You keep waiting for him to be like, yeah, then this crazy lady showed up and did a mystical ritual. She read from some book that was, I was bl- bound in flesh. I was waiting for witchcraft. I was waiting for that, like, a talisman or something. But Nothing. no, he is just kept alive by his desire to be a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, that lady just put crystals in his pocket and called it a day. Um, yeah, it was very strange. It's a very strange movie. It's very strange. There, uh, there I, are parts of the movie that I feel like hold up so well yeah. and watching them in 2020 because there's the entire like montage of people talking on the news that are like, yeah, man, cops love killing people. Yeah. That's, what, that's why they become cops. And it's like, yeah, we've always known this. I've seen cops kill tons of my friends, shoot them in the back, claim they had a weapon. And you're like, God, this is... I mean, when, when did Maniac Cop come out? It's 1988. Been, it's been decades. Yeah. And you're watching this just like, nothing has changed. Yeah, nothing. like, nope. <laughs> not a thing. And like, whereas Police Story hasn't aged as well, like, it has some moments where it's really dated, Maniac Cop almost aged like a fine wine in some of those moments where it's like the civilians <laughs> talking about cops or like even other cops being like, yeah, it's what we do. We like shoot first and we don't ask questions and we like idolize other people that do that kind of thing. And like the way they like protect each other above like even doing what the actual like job is supposed to entail. Maniac Cop of the two, when it comes to that kind of commentary, aged better. Right. And like how unfortunate is it that if you released that in 2020, there are so many moments that people would be like, yeah, it's so timely. It's so of the moment. <laughs> it really is. The second we we were reading the Wikipedia after the movie about like, okay, because I we finished the movie and I turned to Brandy and I went, 
they made two more of these. <laughs> and she was like, what? And so we're reading the Wikipedia, and it's crazy because Bruce Campbell, spoiler, dies very early in the second one. <laughs> then Vice Cop dies at the second act, and then there's, like, new protagonists. What? And then which in which the is such a horror one, movie thing. And then the third one is some Bride of Chucky love story shit. <laughs> I actually... I actually haven't seen the third one in years, uh, but I almost chose the second one for this pairing because the second one is maybe my favorite. Like just from, oh. and it's been years since I've had seen any of them. So even rewatching the first one, I was like, "Damn, I'd forgotten most of this." But I almost picked part two because I just remember watching all three back to back and being like, "Oh, second one is the best." But I realized that every episode so far, I've picked a sequel, and I had to like, <laughs> I had to finally pick the first film in a series because it's it's my first not sequel. This is short. your first not sequel pick. Yeah. Yay! I feel special. Thank you. Right. Thank you. I think. I, what did you guys think of the end? Because the end for me was so um, strange. Because, again, they're giving Bruce Campbell a lot of freedom in this city for a renegade cop. Who has been framed for murder. Been framed for the murder of a gajillion cops. <laughs> like Which 25 also, cops. <laughs> fun, fun parallel there. Like, police story and maniac cop mm-hmm. both feature police who have been framed for the murder of other cops. Yes. But yeah, we, we have to talk about that ending because it features the stunt where he's hanging from the side of a van, uh, similar yes. to the opening stunt in Police Story. It's a yes. fun little, little wrap around there. Uh, yes. No, I, I love it. It does just go full action movie. But also, yeah, it's insane that there's no there are no other police really like pursuing no. either of them. It's like the real killer and the one who's publicly been framed for this massacre. And everyone's like, they'll They're sort it alone, out. basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They make it all the way out to Pier 14. Pier 14. You can't go out there. It's condemned. condemned. (laughs) And like the stunt in it of itself for everything in the movie is suddenly like the ballsiest, most dangerous, impressive looking stunt. Like everything else has been like jumping out of plate glass windows, running along the side of a building. Like it's been fairly like, you know, something that is pretty. It's super like low budget. It's pretty low budget. And then they fire that van off of the pier, and they have clearly an actor, not a dummy. It's very much an actor. And he like, just sort of goes, woo, 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 like, like when you shoot cats out of a catling gun, like it's his <laughs> arms are just all the way out, and he's just like, ah! Just start the joke out. I was, I was watching it straight up. I've, you know, I've seen both films, watching them both back to back. That stunt in Maniac Cop made me tense up maybe more than, like, any of the stunts in Police Story. And I think there's a level of, like, trust in a Jackie Chan stunt where I'm like, he can do it. He's Jackie. He has a good team. He's amazing. Like, I'm just impressed with his physical prowess. This, I'm like, I don't know. This is low budget. This is just some fucking guy they found. And they're launching a van, like, six inches over his head. And, like, it's not a controlled fall. He's falling in the water. This big-ass van is also falling in the water. And they just have to trust that it doesn't land on him. A gust of wind can end his life. Right? It's, like, so close to landing on his head. And I was so tense. Like, did this guy die? Did they kill this stuntman for the stunt? And then it lands in the water, and it's, like, next to him, but not on him. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) He did it. He did it, guys. He did it. He popped up. He was fine. And then they fished the van out. Which is, this is also crazy, because the pipe went through a, a pipe the size of, I don't know, like maybe the width of a volleyball, right? Yeah. Goes through, like a Wilson-sized hole is in this man. 
this maniac cop and you finally get to see his grotesque face. Yeah. Uh, the weird face. black teeth were a nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> Rotten out of his head. Right also, he seemingly just still has, like, open cuts on his face. Like, he got carved up in prison and it just never healed. He's just got <laughs> yeah. weeping wounds. He's just still cut. He's very... He's got that in his hand burned. Why is his hand burned? Did they light him on yeah, fire in prison? what did they do prison? to his hand? What happened? They just stabbed him, right? <laughs> yeah, they stabbed him in the shower. Would they turn the heat up all the way? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so he... He then, like, is just, I was like, they're going to pull the van out, and they're pulling it out like it's Jaws, right? And suddenly mm-hmm. everybody's cool with Bruce Campbell. No handcuffs. They just fully believe his story. Yep. And also, where are the security cameras? I think by 1988 they had security footage. There's no security cameras this whole fucking New York. Not yeah. in one place, not in one jail, not in any- Not in police headquarters. Where there should be. Yeah! That's crazy. No accountability. It's- no accountability. No account. Again, no accountability. These cops, come on, get it together. Turn on your body cams. And so they, yes. he, he like, they pull him out. And of course he's not in the van because he managed to unshish kebab himself underwater. And then it does the, the Friday, the 13th ending of like the hand coming the up hand! out of the water. Yeah. Not even his you know. head. He's not even his head. Cause water's a thing you can't breathe. And so <laughs> He pumps no, his hand out, not his head. No, no explanation for the mystical aspects of no. Maniac Cop. He just, <laughs> he was just that dedicated yeah. to his cause yeah. of murder. Murdering yeah. innocent civilians. Which I, I realized we watched, uh, we watched Maniac Cop first and then Police Story. And I think, uh, I tend to like watch the double features in the order that's like the the slower, more like subdued or quiet film first, so that you end on like yeah, burst of action. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. like escalates as you watch them back to back. But I I think the correct order for this is Police Story and then Maniac Cop because Maniac Cop is a subtle sequel to Police Story. <laughs> Matt-, <laughs> Matt Cordell is what happened to Jackie's character after he was held accountable. Yeah. Yes. After he just kicked one too many dudes out of a plate glass window on the on the 10th floor of a building and someone was finally like, we got to stop this guy. Right. I think well, that's 100% correct. There are also three police story movies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I mean, perhaps I mean, it's it's crazy. It was a it was a bad cop night. It was literally bad cop night at our house. Uh, and I, I do respect the hustle of watching Maniac Cop first because mm-hmm. I was exhausted by the end of Police Story. And then I was like, <laughs> I got to watch Maniac Cop now. Oh, it's true. Okay. It's true. Keep it going, Anna. Keep it going. Because uh, Police Story is the last half hour is so exhausting. <laughs> There's so it much. It tires you out. You're, it's yeah. it's so, so intense. <laughs> It's so crazy, but the uh, yeah, that it's a uh, Maniac Cop. I was I think of the two movies better. Move I think as so a too. movie, in terms of just like story wise stuff that like was a little bit more memorable, and also like I don't know, it was edited down to where there wasn't as much like superfluous stuff. I think like I had more fun with like the stunt work and the Jackie Chan. Like Jackie's why yeah. I watch Police Story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like Maniac Cop was a I can't believe I'm saying this. It was a tighter edited and like yeah. cohesive story. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that includes the inexplicable 
mysticism of the cop just yep. being so evil he lives. <laughs> Which honestly, there are so many occurrences in the of real a cop world. Being so evil they live. Of a cop being so evil that nothing can keep them down inexplicably. That you're like, surely this one will be held accountable for his actions. And it's like, <laughs> no, just on on pure evil and unexplained curses, this cop continues to do what he does. I think I have a name for this double feature. Okay. All cops are bastards. I mean, yes. <laughs> but the official stance of the Kicking and Screaming podcast. Official stance. Title of the double feature, Bad Cop, Worst Cop. Bad Cop, Worst Cop! <laughs> yes! It's so good! The Bad Cop, Worst Cop double feature! Yay! Yeah. Bad Cop, Worst Cop! Yes! I, I, I can't wait to watch more. I can't wait until the slasher film about the hit squad within the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department comes out. If you guys are not writing it yet, please write it. I'd like to be in it as a sassy clerk. <laughs> <laughs> sassy clerk. With just like strong Ghostbusters, what do you want energy? Exactly, oh, exactly. Just like, yeah. well, you know, Dave, he's part of the assassination squad. <laughs> now, Nobody goes down the precinct 14, or pure 14, rather. <laughs> For a second, I thought you said precinct quarantine, and I was like, is this another terrifying movie <laughs> that we're going to write? This is a separate movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, I have to ask the important question Does the double feature work? Yeah. Absolutely. I think 100% too. I think even like with a lot of our double features that we've had so far, if you see the two of them on the building, you're typically like, oh, I think I can like find out the threads immediately. But like you watch them together and then they work and then you like figure out like why the two pieces click together. I feel like this is one we're just looking at the billing. Even if you haven't seen both movies, you're like, all right, those two movies click together. They fit together like a fine wine. If you don't watch these two movies back to back and Bow in your heart to defund the police. There is something wrong with you. Agreed. That's the alternate title of this do- double feature is defund the police. Yes. <laughs> putting it in parentheses on the marquee and yes. all funds go to defunding, <laughs> defunding the, police. the police. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a crazy one. That was a, that was a whole lot of night. That was a whole lot also- of bad copping. It, it was really cool for me to hear that you're not a that you don't watch a ton of horror films because I feel like uh, the thing I'm always expecting is for us to have like horror fans because I feel like there potentially just are more of those than martial arts fans. Yeah. And so I'm always expecting like we get a horror fan and then we pick a martial arts movie and they're like, oh, I've never heard of this like obscure kung mm-hmm. fu movie. And so whenever we're picking a horror movie, I'm I guess just assuming like, oh, everyone's going to have seen the horror movie. But, like, you being like, yeah, i never seen Maniac Cop, first time view. I'm really stoked about that. I'm glad hey. that we... Yeah, well, it's I'm, the reverse of what we've had, so that's really cool. I'm a good guest to have for the didn't-see-it-befores. Because uh, <laughs> I just, for some reason, just... I wish I had that, like, people who get, like, horny for bloods and guts and stuffs. Uh, and uh, I just, I wish I had that. But it doesn't mean I don't enjoy horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I what I do love is people who love horror movies. I'm so excited. I love going to like Halloween horror nights with my goofball friends who know every detail of every Purge movie, which I've never seen a Purge movie, actually. Uh, And they just get so horny for it. And I just love the joy that it brings the people in my life. There's just no, there's no martial arts action movie night. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. 
at, at Universal Studios. Like if I if I got to just like perform katas and kumites up and down Universal City Walk, I'd be like, this is my night. Can, can we start a petition for this? Because it sounds incredible. I was gonna say it's like a big re- Elijah night. Yeah, no, I'd be all about that night. I'd be so into it, but it doesn't mean I don't love horror movies. Like I've seen all of the. Um, I've seen all the Exorcist movies, even the Exorcist 3, which is bad. Um, Exorcist 3 is bad, but it has, like, one of my favorite jump scares. I love that jump scare. I know which one you're thinking of. It's in the hallway where she runs across. Yes! It's so good. And I don't know why that scene is so affecting in the middle of, like, what I consider to be an otherwise mediocre film. Mm -hmm. But that, like, is burned into my memory. It's well, so and we were we were kind of crawling through Vanessa's Shutter account last night, and they are featuring <laughs> a movie I saw in the theater, The House of the Devil, where you've got a really good ju- uh, jump scare at the beginning where Greta Gerwig gets shot in the face, spoiler, uh, and then nothing happens for like most of the movie, but the tension is so crazy. I remember just mm-hmm. like tying a scarf around my face and chewing on the scarf the whole movie. And then the la- everything happens in the last 20 minutes. And it's bananas. <laughs> also, fun fun side note about House of the Devil, that uh, that director, Ty West, is also a martial artist. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. talking yeah, about that. Yeah, I didn't he's, know a, that. he's a martial artist and a, a fighter. They do uh, this film festival in Austin, uh, Fantastic Fest. And every year at Fantastic Fest, one of the, uh, like, kind of extracurricular activities they have is a, an event called the Fantastic Debates. Um where they have like film industry people go up and it's it's held at a boxing gym and they'll pick a, a topic like David Cronenberg versus David Lynch and they have two people go head to head in this debate and they do I think it's like three one minute rounds of spoken debate and then three one minute rounds of boxing and then the crowd votes on who won that debate and so they have like mostly it's you know film nerds that are going up and talking about like oh yeah like the thing is really good and they're not fighters you know so the debates are really intense like the spoken part and then the punching is very like haha it's slapstick we're all having fun but ty west was one of ty west was one of the few dudes they've had who just like could actually fight and just like beat the hell out of uh, i think tim league was who he debated and just like wrecked him didn't you fight someone that can actually fight in that uh yeah i mean neither of us were were great but yeah we (laughs) i i did the debates one year and it was it was very fun i was like uh, I was sick going into it. I had had strep, and so I was very like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And then we started fighting, and uh, I, I realized like it's a film festival boxing match. It's not like a professional kickboxing fight like I'd had yeah. previously. So I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. And then I like got hit the first time, and I was like, oh, this, this guy does not punch that hard. It's fine. No. <laughs> like, this is okay. Treat it like an exhibition match. Don't go hard to the paint because you'll kill a nerd. No, exactly. <laughs> Don't kill a nerd, babe. Now, this is maybe my favorite part of the podcast because I love eating like a strange animal. Uh, and we've come up with some bonkers pairings thus far. But what is the official, like you're going to concessions. This is like the official movie snack of this double feature. Donuts. I was gonna say donuts? it's gotta be donuts. Oh my god! That was I was no. waiting for it. Yeah. The speed at which Anna was like definitively donuts. <laughs> donuts. You got you got two cop movies. You gotta have donuts. Totally. Yeah, one hundred percent donuts and like a pound of overcooked bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, like maybe one of those. Cr- real crunchy, like that guy's hand. <laughs> oh. I was gonna say one of those like maple bacon donuts. 
Yeah. Where it's like the fake bacon on top. Yeah, but no, I, I like the idea that it's just a fistful of kind of gnarly, <laughs> overcooked, greasy bacon. Yeah. And like, you don't really enjoy it, but you keep compulsively eating it for some reason. You take a bite and you're like, this bacon is bad, but I want more. First off, there's no bad bacon. <laughs> Secondly, uh, yeah, you just, I, I think, I'm thinking it's cold. Like it's bacon oh. you made mm. and then put in the refrigerator yeah. and then took out to eat with your donut leisurely. <laughs> <laughs> all right cold bacon and donuts <laughs> that's our official snack pairing that is the perfect snack pairing for these two i think out of all of them i feel like this is the double feature that's just born to be the rowdiest uh from because everything else is like oh man if i miss a few seconds i'm missing a lot of plot and i feel like these two movies lend itself the most to like i could be a real shithead for about 10 minutes yeah. And still have an idea of what's happening. Yeah, it's you it's can very check your email. Movie. You can poop. You can. Um, there's a lot that you can get done during. You could clean the kitchen. In fact, my roommate was cooking bacon during Police Story. She was <laughs> just cooking bacon. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> kind of perfect. Well, Anna, thank you so much for being here for. One of the funnest episodes I've had in a minute. I missed you so much. And I miss you. This is the perfect pairing, both snack and movie-wise. Snack. And guest-wise. Aw, thanks so much for a having me, guys. Pairing. This has been a real joy. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you're doing this. It'll be very Absolutely. fun. And also, cool. now that you have my Shutter login, literally anytime, if you ever want a movie recommendation, hit either of us up. We love... Okay. We, ever since we started doing this podcast, we've actually been getting people te- like texting us and being like, hey, what do I pair with this movie? Because now we have time on our hands for Quar. So you can watch two movies in a night. But yeah, even if you're like not someone that knows us directly, feel free to just DM us whenever. We love doing this shit. We miss it. It's true. Oh. I love that. I will need for, because the man of my life does not like horror movies. I have this fun <laughs> thing where I always date men who don't like horror movies. Um, and uh, and my roommate is also not into an ooky spooky movie. She can handle, she can handle Maniac Cop yeah. because it's just dumb. Right. But like, it's more camp. Yeah, she can't do the scary, scary movies. Mm-hmm. And so um, I will need movie selections for the month of October that are um, for people who are kind of big puss pusses about about their uh, horror movies. <laughs> yeah, oh, some scary cat recommendations. Elijah actually just gave me a pretty good one where it's not like it's kind of gory, but it's funny enough to where it's almost like a Shaun of the Dead, where like okay. the gory moments are like murder party. Oh yeah, like, murder kind of party a perfect is great. One. Yeah, yeah, ah, definitely watch murder, murder party. party. It's very fun. It was the debut feature from uh, Jeremy. I don't know how you say his last name, Saulnier or Saulnier, but he directed Blue Ruin and Green Room. Uh, Green Room is also great. I love Green Room. Um, But yeah, it's it's his first feature, and I feel like uh, a lot of people like have seen Green Room or Blue Ruin and are like, yeah, yeah, I love this guy, and kind of sleep on his super like low budget debut feature. But yeah, Murder Party, very good. It's set like on Halloween, so it's a very fun like October watch. Oh, I yeah. love that. Thank you so much for the recommendation. And I I look forward to Ookie spooking out uh, with your curated list. This is Yay. great. Also, if you uh, if you ever want to like spar or train sometime, uh, you know, I know pandemic has that not being super an option. But, you know, in the future, I'm always looking for more folks out here uh, to spar and train with. Yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. 
That'd be lovely. Once I figure out I'm doing this weird thing where I'm trying to relearn my body mechanics with minimal Mm -hmm. hip movement and it's insanity. It's so crazy. I find myself just like tightening one glute for an hour. (laughs) Very weird. So once I figure out how to spar, I will be definitely down for that. Uh, But it will break your brain when you realize I'm moving my body all wrong. (laughs) Well... You know, where can the people find you when they want to, like, look you up, find out shows, find out what you're working on? Oh, man, you can find me at Anna V is Fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. I have a podcast called 12 Questions Podcast. You can find us at 12Q Pod on all the socials. Um, and also keep an eye out. I should be releasing an EP as soon as my sound guy gets back Yay! to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Anna is extremely funny. Please check her out. Uh, she is maybe one of the few people alive that have gotten not one, but like multiple spit takes out of me. Uh, <laughs> so many fluids have passed through my nose specifically because of Anna Valenzuela. Uh, you can find me under at Nesgritten on all forms of social media. Um, if you're near a store that sells single issues of Fangoria, the October issue is going to have a piece I worked on, which is really funny because we brought up getting horny for blood and guts. That is about kink and horror. Um, Yay. And you can find uh, my show, El Rey's Top 5, on El Rey, and also episodes of El Rey Nation. Uh, Elijah, where can the people find you? Uh, people can find me often fist fighting in a Denny's parking lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. How uh, true that is. <laughs> and also on Twitter, at Elijah underscore pizza. And you can find the podcast under Kick Scream Pod on all forms of social media. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe under uh, Apple Podcasts if you can, because that helps give a baby podcast like us a boost. Uh, let us know if you liked the pick or if you have a better suggestion for a pick to go with Police Story. We always want to hear if you had another option in mind, because then that's something cool for us to watch, too. We want to hear your opinions. I legitimately love getting them and love being tagged in them. I'm encouraging them. More, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And as always, uh, I encourage you to support your local movie theaters that are not open right now. Check out your drive-ins. Buy gift cards of small indie theaters that are, like, struggling right now because we want something to come back to when all of this shit is over and uh movies are important and yeah have fun watching this at home i love you bye love you bye, bye. bye.